Oh, how I have waited for this day. We're going to talk about virtual reality. Alternative reality, Andy. We're talking about alternative reality. Uh, wait, what? Podcast Yggdrasil. <sighs> we're back. We're, we're, we're not talking about VR. Someone is sad. Shit. Took like a week of non-Trump and then his happiness is gone. Yeah. Like, I'm the supposed to be the dep- depressive one. <laughs> okay, we're back. Podcast Yggdrasil. And what's our what's the subject of today, Matthew? Well, alternative reality and what is re- alternative reality? I hear you say. Uh, I mean, we had alternative facts, and I guess we have alternative news in sort of a sense, even though that word isn't really used. But I think an interesting thing to talk about in this post-Trump era, which we can finally start calling it. I mean. Mm-hmm. Unless, fingers don't, crossed. Don't hold your breath. Um, He's not out. It's a problem that I would say is just much more than Trump, but it's been very symbolic of, you know, the last four years. With We have different groups that consumes different forms of media that listen to very specific people and have very specific opinions. And view the world in completely different ways. Not in a different, I think this of the world, you think this of the world, but more, I think the sky is blue, you think the sky is red. I don't think there's a sky. Mm. And true. by all means, there's a lot of annoying <clears throat> articles now about, you know, how will Biden heal the country and <laughs> mend the, the divide? And sure, there are issues there that needs to be dealt with. I'm not saying that, but most of that are like, you know, liberal civility politics. But we have this issue now in this information era in which people believe radically different things. And not in a like, they held different beliefs, but it's almost as like fact doesn't matter anymore because you have different facts from different sources, like one Google search will tell you what you want if you're in the right camp. And how do we deal with, in this day and age, that information-wise we act like we're being in the 16th century or something like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, previously, the word fact, that just meant one thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a fact is a fact is a fact. People say that. That used to be a fact. (laughs) Yeah, that used to be a fact. That used to be a thing. And like you say, uh, we've kind of entered an era where a lot of people think it's perfectly okay to hold a view that breaks completely with reality. I mean, I wouldn't even say that's the problem because the problem is to them... It's what makes sense in reality. It doesn't break the reality. It's what's... I mean, you could argue sometimes it's what's keeping it together, but, like, to them, it's as logical as that 2 plus 2 is 4, if not their opinion is that it's 5. Yeah, but what I mean is, uh, previously, like... Okay, I won't say a specific time ago, but let's say 10, 20 years ago, uh, there used to be 50 for all... Previously... Uh, there used to be, we used to be able to agree that there uh, 
there needs to be some baseline thing we all acknowledge as true. Uh, and then we discussed based on that, or argued, or made war based on that. Yep. Uh, like you said, the sky is blue today. The, the world is round. <laughs> yeah. That used to be a fact. That used to be a fact. <laughs> a fact was a fact was a fact. Uh, but now we've entered an era where people are... What I meant was that people are perfectly fine with... Uh, with... Uh, let's uh, with the taking up an opinion that isn't supported by for example science yeah yeah it's it's become fact has become a partisan subject yeah it's a, and i mean it makes sense in a kind of a weird way in which like you know the 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 end game of every business or every brand is to sell you you know we, we, we don't just sell you a product, we, we sell you a belief, we, mm. we sell you a way of life. And if you, you know, sprinkle on politics and, you know, it's changing the world and those sorts of things in that mix, you get something in which making people believe the right way or making people having certain mindsets that makes it easier to add on the things you want to get them through, you know, whether it's Congress or boosting public opinion or you know whatever makes a lot of sense but it's also kind of weird and it brings us in this because this happens i think now i mean for many reasons but you know we there's kind of this uh, death of the author is is wrong here because that's totally not what it's mean yeah, what you say death of the author it's ah. it's you know uh, but, but it's a term it, it's a term but it's it doesn't apply here so yeah forget how i said that but it's kind of this before whatever you thought about media they, they held like this kind of i wouldn't say like divine uh, you know relationship in the world but if the media agreed that was kind of decided that it was fact but now we end up in this place where first of all we start to have disagreeing media and more you know partisanship uh, in it partisanship as well as since everybody has a voice that means that you know like everybody can make their own thing and who says that if you don't get the same amount of listeners that you don't have the same influence or uh, if you start twisting you know stories suddenly like you didn't say it, but since you know the the new the new discussion form can you know have its life on its own, you just need to you know push on the right snowball, and then you get the the avalanche that you want. I think an important part of what brought us here today and the state of this reality we live in these realities, I should mm -hmm. say. Uh, I think a big part of it is the fact that before you, I mean, we, I think people have always known that media can be biased and even propagandized. Yeah. I mean, propaganda has been a thing for centuries. And I want to make, millennia. Cl make clear that when I refer to, you know, the, the old media and the, the correctness that they, they held back in the day, I don't necessarily say that they were correct. It was more that 
it was accepted because you couldn't challenge it in the same way. Yeah, and also while there's always been bias in the media, uh, there was also a, I think at least, there was a certain belief that almost all people held in media in general as the fourth estate. Yeah. Like, here in Norway too, we learned that there are three official estates, you know, the judiciary, the executive, and the legislative. And then you have a fourth estate that's supposed to watch the other three and uh, report if they are stepping over a line, basically keeping them in check. And I think, like, if you went back 100 years, 50 years, I think people still held a certain trust for the estate itself. Yeah, like, doing journalism was a respected profession. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, you, you, you enter, you know, the biggest newspapers today and you will see, like, who did well in insert reality show here and look at this viral bit. Like, I'm not going to say everything was good back in the day, but, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, doing proper research, uh, going, you know, making good cases, making investigations, that was a big part of a lot of things. Today, it's more like getting clicks, making news stories that sell, you know, fast, that, you know, are the first information when it comes to whatever's going on. And, I mean, it's not like the media's used to be perfect and it's no longer, because I think we could probably could do an entire episode on, like, the issues with, you know, media 50 years ago or 100 years ago, but... Right now, media is essentially, I mean, we talk about what it do to humans living in this social media age where you're constantly trying to, you know, sell yourself like, you know, have a have a nice Facebook profile or an Instagram to make your life seem good. And, you know, the media companies, and that's what they are now, they're media companies, not, you know, news agency or journalists. They do essentially the same, you know, if we write this headline more like this. If that's what get the clicks, that's what we will do. If we change this important, boring thing about the taxes and we make a news line about this girl with the really big boobs talking about something that people care about and will click out because their boobs in the picture, we'll do that. Which means it's hard to read I don't want to say mainstream news because I feel that's too vague of a term, but like, you know, the big publishers, not necessarily the one that has, you know, the most weight, but, you know, the one that brags about being, you know, the biggest uh, national, the the one that has the most viewers or, you know, whatever measurement they're using. To them, it's not really news anymore. It's showbiz. Hmm. I think before, when you entered journalism, you you expected as a journalist and people expected of you as a journalist that you entered a field of neutrality, basically. you I think people had a certain trust of journalism as a kind of neutral institution. And if, of course, bias has always been a thing, but I think most people viewed it as you enter journalism neutrally and then you're dragged to one side or another. 
you're dragged onto some, yeah, dragged towards the left, dragged towards the right. Uh, you're dragged in a certain direction. Uh, and people had a certain trust of journalism as an institution of neutrality, as far as neutrality goes in media. Uh, and people, now I think people just, when they don't think of it as something neutral at all anymore. And I mean, they shouldn't, really. No. It's true. But that distrust that's been built around media or that the trust that's been eradicated has led people to just automatically assume that if you're a journalist, you're, I mean, you're tightly tied to some kind of, you know, partisan or political uh, bias. You're, yeah, the people don't have any trust in journalism anymore as a neutral outlet. Even, even the most respected outlets, I think, have not that much trust from their readers or their viewers. I think, I think uh, that trust has been eradicated, really. Sold. Yeah, um, sold. I'll, I'll disagree a bit about, you know, the neutrality part, because, I mean, first of all, they've never been neutral. There's been, you know... No, I was certain, thinking of the way people yeah, view them. Certain hierarchies that they, they've been built to act upon. But I think even, even though that... I mean, a lot of people probably saw them as neutral, but I think it's not even that they lost the perspective of neutrality. I think they were viewed as, back in the day, as honest and having integrity, that they would do the right thing, that they would look into the important things, that they would, you know, not only, you know, print whatever sold, but print or write about the things that were important or people needed to know, or, you know, they were kind of, were kind of like, you know, this different f functioning police. Not in the sense that they could, you know, cuff you and take you to jail, but in the sense that they would, you know, checks and balances. If somebody did corruption, they would find out and they would, you know, put it in the media and then yeah, but that's, authority that should would still get reported on. I mean, if, if, you know, there was an unfair law that were being made, they would, you know, talk about it, but I think it's the integrity and the honesty about it that essentially has gone in the sense that now we don't know if, you know, they'll do it, if it's worth it. When they interview politicians, they will be careful with their questions because they don't want to lose the access that they have. Hmm. There's this whole new, you know, almost game they play to have the best seats, but then that come as a cost. And when everybody agrees that that cost must be paid, then suddenly there's no reporters there. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, that's the, that's the news aspects of it. But that comes down to, we now live in a disillusioned era when it comes to how we view I mean, both the news and, you know, it's not as simply to say, you know, just get more faith in these institutions because, as we said, even though they used to be more respectable back in the day, that doesn't necessarily mean that 
they were always right or that they didn't look the other way sometimes or you know you know being partisan is not necessarily a bad thing originally here in Norway uh, most of the media used to be partisan they they used to you know lean for specific parties but there was kind of like an openness to that you knew that okay this is the paper that's you know, align with the social democrats, so you know you get the social democrat point of view, mm. and then you could you know compare that to you know the conservative point of view, or you know. That's true. They were more the bias media had was always it always seemed more open, seemed more like an an honest an yeah. honest dishonesty. Or, you, or you could say you it was it. fair and balanced. <laughs> fair and balanced. Uh, well, now it's more. The media are at the same time openly selling themselves whoring themselves out for clicks uh, by clickbaiting titles, that kind of thing. Yeah. But also really trying to grab the trust of a certain demographic of readers or an audience. Yeah. They really pull you in. And I mean, you've seen how certain people are around media outlets. They, It's almost cult-like how they follow these media outlets. And yeah. uh, just disbelieving or questioning some of some of their uh, uh, content uh, becomes an act of loyalty, uh, disloyalty. I mean, uh, and by uh, take um, take Fox News. Let's say you, yeah, you've chosen Fox News. It's one of the outlets you listen to. You check it out every day, uh, even if you see. Fox News reporting something that's that you even know is untrue. If you question them or criticize them for that content, I think a lot of people feel like you're also kind of criticizing yourself because it's part of this tribalistic way of viewing politics that's bled into the way you view media as well. Yeah, like you said, it, it comes down to this identity you you have or they have because they do very well commercial wise mm. convinced you that they speak for you they speak for your group they will take care of you they will you know tucker carlson will speak truth to power and be very angry at the democrats because if it's wrong it's always the democrats and you know they make it feel like the other people the other media they are the ones trying to fuck you over. So it's easier to, you know, swallow something from the one side because they're the ones that are supposed to be helping you, right? So you should help them. Hmm. And it'll be interesting to see how, how it works for Fox now with, you know, they kind of cutting their ties with Trump and seeing like, you know, where, you know, the people that has been very pro-Trump and pro-Fox News how they, they align with this, but... I think they're going to go hands-off on Trump as much as possible. Uh, they're going to embrace the new Mitt Romney GOP, and they're going to focus on just shitting on Biden and Kamala Harris. Oh, they... Just... Because that... Even if you... Even if you're a hardcore MAGA head, and you kind of don't like Fox News for, you know, bending the knee to the Democrats, uh, you can still agree with them about hating Democrats. <laughs> And, Another uh, problem when it comes to this is that a lot of the important journalism, I guess you could say, that's the 
that's the journalism that co- costs the most and probably is hardest to sell. You know, uh, a catchy headline and boobies are easy to click, like an in-depth view of a company that may have done something bad. And you, that's... Yeah, I mean, who wants to read 5,000 words about some Ukrainian oil company that may or may not have been corruptly involved in something that may or may not have been... Uh, no, I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Show me Kim Kardashian's new ass implants. And then we have, you know, the other problem on top, which is the fact that there are less and less of people owning the media, and there are big conglomerates essentially owning the media. We had this really unique situation here in Norway. I think it was earlier this year, where one one of our news outlets essentially broke a, a case about uh, the coming. Uh, Jesus, uh, what 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 would he be in position? Martin like he, um, yeah. the guy who was going to take over the oil fund. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. the new boss of the oil fund. And basically, that he had been like you know grooming a lot of the people that were going to elect uh, the new leader. And one of the people that has been participating on this were the guy that owned the company that owns this paper. Oh yeah. And then these people start talking about what they think should be reported on or not. Mm. Shipstead. The company that owns Vega. Yeah. And, you know, it, those things breaks trust. But I, I think this, to go back to, you know, the, the original original talking point here with alternative realities, I think it's more than just media that deals with the issue. Uh, I mean, th- there's definitely a, a lack of information at heart uh, to all of this. But the fact that... Most people get their information from talking to a few other people or having, you know, opinions of others, whether it's, I mean, today it could be, you know, Twitter, it could be uh, news coverage, it could be talking with the guys at work. But I think one of the big problems, if we, you know, remove the business side of all of this is the fact that there's only so much time each person have to like pay attention to what's going on like you cannot sit down and read every bill that's gonna go through the parliament you cannot you know inspect everything you have you know i'm not sure how it is for our generation you know but i know that you know our parents they they t- tend to turn on, you know, the nine o'clock news, and that was, you know, you watch the nine o'clock news, and that was it, and then that means you have seen all these things, and you probably also had the local newspaper, so you knew if sh- something happened locally. But Matthew, if it's not on Snapchat, I'm not listening. You're on Snapchat? No, <laughs> I call it Snapface. My girlfriend keeps mocking me about it. Oh, you're an old man, and you don't know what Snapchat is. <laughs> Can I just say this? Just as an aside. Snapchat really sucks for people like me who write really long messages. And did you know they delete the chat yeah. in Snapchat? It's bull- it, It's in the name, Snapchat. I mean... The old man in me is very tired of it. I mean, you're essentially <laughs> talking about an app that was made for people to send nudes to each other and think that they were deleted. Mm. Uh, That's the kind of news we need. No. But to bring this back to the issue... And, but, you know, and, and I think that, you know, a lot of people had this kind of, I mean, you've been somewhat guilty of this, this idea that, you know, 
we have all these old people, they don't know things and they'll die out and we'll have this new generation and they grew up with the internet and they could get to know anything and learn everything no, and they would get into charge. Saying. I've been saying kill all the old people. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I've been saying. But like the, the, the point being is we had this kind of view of the world that, you know, now with the information at our fingertips so 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 closer no of course that, if they, that would i mean they get groomed to yeah. not deal with that but yeah i mean carry on uh, no no but like you know there was this i mean 10 years ago 15 years ago there was this great hope about you know internet would be this revolution in which you know every every guy or girl would a computer and internet could you know get all the knowledge in the world and you would have this you know the same way that you know schools cured uh, analphabetism and uh, gave everybody the ability to write we would have you know a, a completely informed public which is actually a really really important thing if you're gonna have a functional democracy because it kind of require people to somewhat know why and what they're voting for if they're ignorant that ignorance can be used against them and i mean i don't think i've seen an election in which that hasn't happened but now we're in this kind of you know backlash in against that positivity in which we feel that like oh internet just made everything a lot worse like they're so easy to give you fake opinions or to tell you what you want to hear or essentially lead you down i mean watch this video about this thing you like in this other video and then based on that we'll trick the algorithm that serves you things to make sure you get served this particularly world view and then over time because this is what you're listening to it will shape you and it gets to the point in which i mean we know people that you know when you interact with them it's it's kind of a hard thing to do because you don't agree about you know fundamental basics about what's happening in the world mm. and how do we deal with that because like i said this isn't about you know healing the divide of america or whatever but it's the fact that we need to know the true things about the world if we're going to have a functioning democracy and if we're going to function together if we don't you know we can disagree on what's on the page but if we're not even in the same book then you know that's the kind of shit that leads to wars because it's not possible to have a conversation i think this problem that we're dealing with can be summed up in three words uh fatigue complacency and anger yes we are kept so busy in our working lives and in our regular lives that we get fatigued i mean we still we're still dealing with a with an eight hour workday as the standard even though millions of people are unemployed and uh, that's just for the people that are lucky to get by on one job yeah and yeah a lot of people have gotta have two jobs maybe even three and that's despite the fact that we're moving through moving towards a more and more automated world like in 20 years 
I think I think they're they're projecting that fifty percent of all jobs will be automated in twenty years, and that's gonna be insane. That's <laughs> yeah, a lot of jobs. That's gonna be dark. So hi, Andy. This is the robot that will replace you. Look how it smiles at the children. Yeah. Now fight someone for a job. Uh, but yeah, uh, they keep you tired. They keep you fatigued, so that you can't put in enough energy to both enjoy parts of your life and also take responsibility and really be mindful of the things you should be mindful of the things you should be focusing on the things you should be on guard for the things you should be acting on you're just just a little bit too tired to really deal with it and you see all these other people around you being the exact same way you don't have people with you. At least that's the feeling they're fostering. And that leads to fatigue. So you don't put as much energy into interpreting the world around you. Then there's complacency. Because if you push people far enough, they will fight back. Like if you poke an animal with a stick enough times, eventually it'll bite. And I mean... I guess this depends on how paranoid you are. <laughs> I don't think it's paranoia personally, but I think the people who throughout history, uh, the class of people who throughout history have uh, been in a position of power, the ownership class or whatever you want to call them, I think they've taken notes <laughs> throughout history and seen that, hey, uh, if we just make sure to push these people slowly, ever so slowly, over many, many years and decades, taking away what they have, taking away what they can get, taking away their energy, taking away their hope, uh, we can slowly but surely domesticate these people. And as long as we keep them just comfortable enough that they still fear losing what they have, what little energy they have, they won't risk wasting it on fighting back against misinformation, against power plays uh, by unscrupulous people. Uh, just keep them just comfortable enough, just complacent enough to not fight back. I mean, I'm not happy about what I have or about the state of the world, but I don't want to risk losing what I have. And the last one, anger, is... I think critical in the way we consume our very different realities because I think we can all agree that the media are very fond of stoking anger. I mean, depending on what, what which part of the political spectrum you're in or at, uh, your anger is directed in a certain direction. I mean, just look at us. I mean. We really hate the ownership class, the billionaires. You should do. The, the right-wingers, the capitalists. We really hate, hate it. And, and the liberals as well, because they're a part of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> we hate equally. Yes. But the media stokes your anger. And once you're fatigued, once you're complacent, it's a lot easier to make you angry. Because you won't put enough energy into checking the claim they put forward. And as long as they can point you towards an enemy and make you angry about it, it'll, it'll also make it 
a lot more difficult for people both to think clearly, uh, but also more difficult for people to realize and admit that maybe they took a wrong step somewhere. Because, I mean, I think this goes for most people. If someone really pisses you off, really offends you, makes you angry at them, even if they, I mean, even if you realize that you're right, uh, that they're right halfway through the conversation, it's really hard to just say, yeah, I was wrong, you're right. Your natural reaction instead is to, you know, make some excuse and then, yeah, basically just say, get fucked. And pretend like nothing happened. Yeah, like retreat and find some other angle that allows you to, you know, push forward with your opinion without admitting you're wrong. And keeping people angry will make it easier to misinform them. I, I think it comes down to what you're saying that essentially, you know, the anger over an, from an ignorant person is essentially like, you know, a blind person aiming a gun. The, the ignorance blinds them so somebody can easily, you know, sneak up and point them in the direction they yeah. want them to shoot. And the problem is, this is kind of like an intentional design. It's been like this last it's, hundred years, last thousand years, probably, you know. It's a feature, not years. a bug. And it comes to that nobody really likes somebody smart enough so they can find out that you've been screwing them over. It's a, it's kind of problematic if, you know, they were to find out and then, you know, maybe change that because a lot of things people are angry about today and a lot of the things that they say and they do and they act on are completely insane. But if you go back, you know, in the, the loop of anger that they, they are to get to the starting point, the anger makes sense. But it's been warped and it's been pointed in direction where it doesn't make sense or it's been used in establishing a worldview that even makes them angry against the thing that should help them against the anger that caused them in the first place or whatever. And it's hard to think of like good solutions to this where the easiest thing is, you know, ah, yes, you know, just study all these things and spend, you know, 120% of your day doing all this reading that you don't have the time for because you'll starve and live on the street and don't even be able to afford this information. And... Yeah, because that's the big finisher on this piece, this session. Uh, what do you do? I mean, sure, okay, two dudes on the internet just pointed out what the problems about the world is, but what do we do about it? Aside from, like you said, just, yeah, you just need to get a grip, do some research, bury yourself in information. I think there's a few things to do here, or, you know, different things we could talk about, but I think maybe the most important thing is to be humble enough to always know that you're an ignorant fool. <laughs> like, you know, basically knowing knowing your limitations. And I'm very humble. And not not in a like, you know, to look down upon yourself, but you know, when you when you get certain beliefs and feelings and, you know, think you know, think about things, can you break them down and, you know, look back at what started this? Because 
I have had, and I'm sure you have as well, you know, times in my life where I'm realizing that I hold an opinion. And if I work backwards from, you know, the emotional thing that led me there, and I'm not saying, you know, you know, you know, facts or feelings, you know, blah, 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 like it, it's our emotional reactions that tends to make us do the logical thinking of things. But, you know, with, with the right propaganda, manipulation, with the right worldview, with, you know, the lacking of experiences, that's what's end you up in, in wrong places. But being able to go, you know, back to start and think, you know, why, why, why is this important to me? Why am I angry over this? Instead of, you know, being 10 conclusions ahead and, you know, then be able to go back over each conclusion and then maybe realize that, you know, yeah, it's fucked up that we're talking so much about, you know, this uh, problem with the climate, but nobody seems to do anything. But, you know, maybe the issue isn't that everything is fake. Maybe the issue is that we've got useless politicians. Yeah, I mean, it's framed it's a it's a real picture in yeah. a fake frame uh once again we can go back to america i think as a good example because we talked about this before actually but uh, not on the podcast uh the way that i mean we've talked about how when you break people down to their most basic parts we all really want the same things uh, we want to feel happy and we want to feel like we have options, you know, to freedom to do mostly what we want to do. And we want safety, like we want ourselves and our families and our loved ones to feel safe and be safe. That's basically what most people want. And I think all people basically can agree on that. The point where we diverge away from each other is how do we reach that place yeah we all want to go to the same place but but i mean there are many roads that lead to rome and a lot of them are really shit <laughs> yeah but if you break us down to our most basic parts like that we want the same thing yeah. uh what is it that makes us think that the other side doesn't want that thing because take a look at america and the uh, campaign the election campaign that just ended. I mean, I guess it's still ongoing, but the election's pretty much over. And if you've been following it, you've probably heard the political far right. I mean, I call it the far right. In America, you might call it the the right. The just. center. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the right versus the left. I don't think I don't consider the Democrats leftists. But if you've been following the coverage of the election, and especially right-wing media you will have seen the word socialist and joe biden together a lot a lot of people calling joe biden and basically the entire democratic party i mean several high-ranking republicans they've been really incessantly saying that if the democrats win the election they will cast us into full-blown socialism socialism mean, joe biden is wearing a mask and mask is basically communism so yeah how do you know it's not Mao under there? Joe Mao Biden. That would be a plot twist. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, a lot of people really do think that Joe Biden and the Democratic Party stands for socialism. And, I mean, 
if you really if you just take a basic look at their politics, it's so far from I mean there's no definition of socialism that fits with the politics of the Democratic Party or with Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. There's just no it doesn't fit. And how how do you end up with people believing that so fervently? I mean, it comes back to this ignorance that we talked about, that it's it's so easy to take advantage of, whether it's to sell you things or to yeah. make you feel a way and to, you know, put this, you know, I remember it's, you know, talked about as, you know, one of the most shitty things that Hillary did against Obama in 08, mm. that she had this, um, like... Uh, commercial in which you know something really bad was happening and then it was you know like who do you want sitting at, at the office and it was you know kind of you got the feeling from the commercial that you know black people did the crimes so they shouldn't you know be sitting there mm. and these things only function in which we are so ignorant that we can be played this way sadly we can and that's you know important to remember and it's hard because, you know, like we said, it's, you know, it's not like, you know, an easy fix. And when people need to have all these jobs and spend all this energy, I think the easiest way to deal with this is to make sure that you know a lot of different people. Like uh, we talked earlier about, not in this podcast, but about, you know, that people are intelligent in different ways. Like, you know, you and me couldn't fix a car to save our lives. Yeah, we're but, dumb as fuck when it comes to cars. But we can do a lot of other shit. We, yeah. we, know, we know some politics. Maybe not everybody here agrees, but, you know, still. I can write an erotic limerick like no other. Oh, dear God. There once uh, was a man from... <laughs> oh, yes. But, uh, and, and, but, like, the more people... And I don't mean, like, you know, you need to have a thousand friends or anything, but... If you interact with a lot of different people, there are you, you, you're gonna experience the world through them. So, like you know, both of us are white. We don't really experience racism the way you know black people do in the West. But you know, we can't become black. But if we know some black people, chances are we understand a lot more about the things they have to deal with on a daily basis when it comes to racism than we would do if we didn't. And I'm not saying that, you know, have like a token for like every single slot because it's not only about this, it's about, you know, like we don't really know about cars. So if, you know, there was some important bill about car usage that was going to happen, we probably wouldn't, you know, know that much about it. But if we knew somebody who could, you know, talk to the importance of cars, they probably could give us, you know, an interesting perspective and, like, we only have so much time, so having people around you that you can spend regular time with and being open to new perspective, I think, is a good thing because the most important factor when people, like, radically change their minds is because they get an experience more often than not through somebody else. Like, you know, the classic thing, I mean, since we are using way too much uh, American and Republican analogies, is, like, you have some... Republican politician, he hates the gays, 
is the worst thing ever because he's too dumb to know that transgender people exist. And then, like, you know, his third cousin or something comes out as gay and he just, like, changes overnight. Yeah, I mean, familiarity. I mean, familiarity is the enemy of hate, basically. Yeah. I mean, of course, you can get familiar with something and hate it real bad. Uh, I just saw Knives Out. Fuck you, Ryan Johnson. It's a terrible movie. That was a public service announcement from me. <laughs> okay, but yeah, familiarity. Because I was going to bring up... The reason I brought up the, the thing about socialism Yeah. Uh, and how something so wildly inaccurate has become just something so comfortable, uh, something people say and claim very comfortably... Uh, I think, okay, uh, I've talked about Bob before, our friend Bob. Yes. Uh, he's, we can say Bob because it's I not mean, his real name. I'll be honest, he's a big part of the reason why I still think of Trump supporters as human beings. And, and I mean this as a compliment towards Bob, if you're listening. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually impressed you still think of them that way. Not like... I don't, but I would expect me having to make arguments for that, uh, yeah, because, knowing you. Yeah, because I've been engaging in a lot of discussions with... You've been banned from a yeah. lot of Reddits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Subreddits, sure. But, I mean, I know a lot of people privately who have leanings towards the right. And take Bob, for, for instance. Uh, the reason he's... I mean, he's been... Uh, he's been shitting on the protesters after the George Floyd thing. He's been defending how the police have been attacking people. He, he's been real hard about defending Trump from almost every angle. It's been real hard to talk politics with him and not get really ugly about it. And I've previously, I, you know, you remember telling me, uh, me telling you, I wasted like three months trying to speak politely to someone I knew from back home and trying to just understand them and get them to understand me. And it yep. was a waste of fucking time. <laughs> it's one of the most infuriating experiences ever. And after that, I was, I was ready. I had my finger on the big red button. Just fuck all these people. To hell with them. We don't need them. Let's just have it out. Let's meet in the parking lot and kill each other. And then I started talking to Bob and his opinions are shit. His political beliefs, uh, political views are shit. His reasoning to understand them yeah, and are I probably mean, worse. And he talks a lot of shit. Uh, and still, I've, I just, I couldn't, I haven't been able to stop talking with him. Because I really know that Bob is a good guy. He's a decent human being. He wants good things for people. Like, I know the guy. I know him real well. Like... I mean, we're not that close, but, like, I know he's a good dude. I know what he cares about. I know he cares about me. I know he cares about other people. I know he cares about the environment. He's really, yeah, he's really, he's really hard on, he hates uh, wind power. <laughs> but, like, he really cares about the environment. And still, he has this these heinous beliefs, or rather, he supports these awful and terrible political ideologies. And I've been really struggling with my, in my conversation, conversations with him because he's a really good guy who's supporting really evil shit. And those two things, they just, 
what do they call it again? Cognitive dissonance? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cognitive dissonance. Like two opposing things that exist at the same time in my head. And yeah, that's why I say he's the reason I still think of these people as human beings. And I mean, I've been pissing on him a lot. I've been, yeah, I've lost my patience with him a lot. I've talked a lot of shit. Uh, I've always tried to be factual, but I've talked a lot of shit. Uh, but still, he's kept talking to me, and he's, I mean, sure, he holds some beliefs I think are stupid, but he's really open to listening to me. He's trying to be serious. I mean, he's he's arguing terrible things in perfectly good faith. Yeah, and, you know, that that's the important part, because that comes down to the, you know, the big problem over with this, that it feels like people are acting in bad faith, because it's, you know, so completely opposite of what we believe the world is and what is true but to them it's not and it's this scary thing because a lot of these are you know i think one of the big problem with like ignorant people is that you can easily make them believe that there are good people and there are bad people they're like you know this divide it's not not only in like us versus them kind of way but also in this like these people are bad, so they will always be bad, and they're just, you know, born this way, or they were lost forever, and they'll have just have to be, you know, wiped out. And we're right because we're good, and that means everything I say is correct, and you should listen and do everything no matter what. Uh, small disclaimer there. Uh, Matthew and I are good, of course. I mean, we're yes. the exception to the rule. We're good people. Yeah, we... That, that's why I said you should do everything I say. Uh, of course, yes. I just want... Yeah. Uh, so... And, the problem is this Please is donate to our Patreon. <laughs> we don't even have one. <laughs> Shut up! Send me an envelope filled with dollars. Uh, but you know that that's the problem, and it creates this you know, you know th- these groups, and you don't want to converse with the enemy, and you know they they are the enemy, and they obviously want bad things because you know if they search support Joe Biden, that means they're socialists because that's what Fox News said, and. I hear they said that, you know, that was like what Russia was, and Russia was our enemy, and they were evil, and, I mean, we we were, we were cool back in the war, but, and everything, and, but, you know, that's not here nor there, but it comes down to the fact to, you know, being able to understand that you can probably meet people and talk to them, and either they're acting in bad faith, or it's like, you know, impossible to reach them, you know, for average people to, you know, stop make people stop being nazis or whatever is hard but it's an important thing to understand that you know the people you think of are you know as good people that hold good belief and care about the world and are you know if you remove politics from the equation and you can never do that because politics are everywhere but if you do that you would you know care a lot about about them and enjoy being in their company and then you realize that these same people might be the ones supporting the movement of democracy, for instance, mm. or something. It gives you a perspective, like, if we think there's good people and bad people, or, you know, the, the more, I guess, liberal version, which is our, there are smart people and dumb people. If you realize that it's bullshit, I mean, by all means, you can be more, more or less ignorant, but that is more about having time and resources and gaining knowledge in that period of time you come to an understanding that 
this is about to be being able to reach one another to i mean find a way to communicate facts in a way which can go beyond all the biases and uh, worldviews that has come down on us because it's easy for us to sit here and say you know we're right in everything we say and we do but you know this is not about who is right this is about making sure that everybody has the framework to find out what is right and what is true ultimately this is about trust i think uh because if people take if you take them take a moment to look at the person across the table from you the person you're arguing with threatening calling names if you look at them and ask yourselves ask yourself what are their values if you really do that if you honestly ask yourself what are these people's values what do they care about and what what do they want those basic wants and needs are they really that different from yours they and for the most part they won't they they'll pretty much be the same the problem is there's a discrepancy between what your values are and what ideologies and politics you support there's a big discrepancy between what they are but people don't see it anymore and there's there are a lot of people who have little to no trust towards the people across the table from them yeah so i think we need to as a final note here or my final piece of advice because this is a really hard subject to deal with and it's a really tough problem to solve and yeah so i think what you need to do is just you need to stop and look at their look at those people's values if they are the same as yours if their motivations are the same as yours then you can come to an understanding and you can find your way back to each other and join together and ultimately fight for the same thing apparently not the guy you wasted three months on <laughs> no fuck him fuck him <laughs> i'm not wasting my time on him i'm sure we want to, we want the same things but i'm not wasting my time on a moron but uh, i gave him his chance fuck him fuck you adil <laughs> uh motivations i think that's the big thing here what are these people's motivations because most of us here in this world we want the same things we want happiness freedom and safety those three basic needs mostly uh but there are certain people in the world at least i believe that aren't that concerned about those things anymore and those people are the people driving this war between people this war of alternate realities and yeah i think you need to go look at the driving factor behind people's opinions the motivations they have do that and you can find your way back to each other argue give give each other a punch in the nuts verbally or physically but you can ultimately end up looking towards the same goal and yeah i think we'll have to pick it up from there somehow later uh, yeah i this needs digesting it's it's true what you're saying and then the problem is also that you know some of these people that you talk about that 
don't hold these values they they also do them but you know at some point thing becomes a warp that to them safety and freedom means things so radically different than from from us others it means you know ah oh, yes we will be safe and free when only white people are left and then suddenly their methods becomes horrid to us yeah, but they're but still working from that same base yeah. point of getting the freedom but and then you need some other faction that can take a white person and a black person and a yellow person and a green and a blue and a red and white uh, whatever color person you said white twice you yeah. racist yeah i mean of course but you need someone who can put those people in a room put put a black man on one end of the table and a white man on the other end of the table and just have them tell you what do you care about what do you love the most and take take it down to that level that basic level and then build up your relationship from there what i really hate from this is it feels like our conclusion at this point is like trying to make some jubilee video kind of world that's and, what we have to do and then that make kind of makes me want to stab myself with a knife because those things are horrible that's because of your anger matthew yes you just need to ask yourself what are my motivations but uh, you need to love yourself I mean, it's always fun doing like a podcast and then, you know, slap a conclusion at the end and, you know, feel smart telling our five listeners or whatever how the world should be. But I feel like this is one of those things in which we can talk about these problems from a lot of angles and we can come with some ideas. But this is ultimately something people will have to think about because the answer is not pure civility politics but we have to be able to reach its other like it doesn't matter if you have shared language if we don't have a shared understanding or a shared decision making the shared you know we can agree and disagree but we need to be able to at least agree and disagree about the same things mm. the sky is blue it's red god damn it Okay. Happy? Yes. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I think, well, oh, well no, of course not, but I mean, I see you're looking at your watch. So, people yeah, I need to fucking go. on the other side, subscribe, do oh, yeah. similarly things to subscribing, if that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, leave us a review. I'll, uh, I'll add our Twitter in the, the, the player, so you can like send us angry messages or yeah questions or ideas about you know what you think about this or like hi i actually have the solution to this problem and S i can write it in 40 characters send us an email podcast at gmail.com now we'll just get porn i'm okay with that well uh edit <laughs> <laughs> let's end this now yes bye guys <laughs>